Welcome everyone. You are listening to the Summerhill Wealth Management Podcast, where we dive into topics relating to divorce and women. Specifically, we discuss how affluent women can maintain their lifestyle during and post-divorce. Join me as we talk to the most sought-after divorce professionals across the country and share significant tips that you can take along with you no matter where you are in your own divorce process. So this podcast is all about helping wealthy women, affluent women in divorce, helping them through divorce and post-divorce, and inviting guests on that are either internationally or nationally recognized in their work they do either as someone in the professional financial field or somewhere in the divorce field. And today I have the pleasure of introducing Dimitri Nishtat, and he is a money expert in the United States who is not only money expert, but an author. He travels the country helping people with their money issues. And he strongly believes that no matter what your past or current situation, that you can optimize your money and enjoy your life with financial clarity, confidence, peace of mind. So he really fits all of the values that I believe in too as a financial professional. So he's going to be talking to us today about financial education and a lot of other fun things. So listen on. Dimitri, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited for these questions today because I just, there's so much we can talk about. So we're going to try to keep it short and really succinct, but it might not happen because you share so many good things and uh, (laughs) let's just get into it today. And um, the first question I have for you is you've helped hundreds of families successfully across the country organize their finances. How do you do it? Yeah, I think, you know, if, if you're asking about like how to how to actually organize the finances, I think there's a lot of um, key fundamentals that no matter where you are in the country or the world, uh, no matter how old you are, uh, no matter what your income range is, right, and, and what job you're doing. Um, there are some fundamentals that I think are really important when it comes to um, having solid financial footing. Uh, and so for many of your listeners who are out there who might be like, well, what does that, what does that even mean? Like if I just want to get started out of nowhere, um, there's a couple of things that I always teach my clients on, on how to be, and the term I use is how to be a money pro, you know, how to really feel like a pro when it comes to your money and feel confident and comfortable with um, you know, terminology and what's going on. You know, one of the terms we talk about is your X factor which is what is the amount of bills that you have to cover each month? Like that monthly nut. And just having a list, having an inventory almost, right? Where you're taking that of yourself saying, hey, what are all these bills that I have to pay each month? Having a grasp on that uh, and having a grasp on their cash flow. So the money that's coming in each month from all their different sources, from work, full-time, part-time, side hustles, you name it. And really having an organized bank account system, you know, cash flow in so many ways is the foundation of how, you know, folks have to learn how to manage, you know, a thousand dollars. And then if you, if you can't manage a thousand dollars, you won't be able to manage $10,000. You know, if you can't manage 5,000, you won't manage when you're making 50,000. You know what I mean? And so I think having some fundamentals there around just being in control of where your money's moving and and how it's organized. uh, That's some of the first steps that we take with clients uh, in helping them build confidence. Ooh, that's a big one. So that was actually a question I wanted to ask you is 
what, I mean, it's just such an intimidating process. If you have been at home and you've been a stay at home mom for so many years, you've never had to pay bills and you've never dealt with the finances in general. And now all of a sudden post-divorce, you're having to deal with all of these finances. Is there any tips? Is, is just getting organized something that you recommend for someone who's never dealt with finances or what other tips do you recommend that getting started? Yeah, listen, I mean, in my in my 12 years now of, of working with folks one on one, I think there's definitely, like I said, some some key core elements that we want to have. And you know, I can I can go through a few of those. We mentioned one, which is knowing that X factor, the amount of bills you've got to cover each month, that monthly nut and taking that inventory of kind of how much money's coming in and, and what are the bills we have to cover. But I think one of the important things here that's really uh, a key thought that needs to be hit home is that you don't have to feel like you're on your own. Uh, you know, one of the terms that I talk about with my clients is being in a position of power and realizing that, you know, there are folks who are experts in this stuff, who swim in these waters all the time that you can identify to help work for you. Um, I think in particular, there's a few key words that I as, you know, I might be a little biased to, but the word fiduciary as an advisor, like that's a really important F word to be able to um, kind of pass the interview of, of wanting to work with a client or a client wanting to work with an advisor is whether or not that advisor is a fiduciary is making sure that they're, what that means is, you know, the advice that they're giving has to be in the best interests of the client, right? Like at all times mm -hmm. um, by regulation. And, and having that is, you'd be surprised how many, unfortunately, like don't don't have that as a requirement. And it's crazy to think. Um, I think also, you know, looking at it from a perspective of, you know, is someone here going to help me out with organizing my cash flow? Is someone here going to help me with a lump sum that I just, you know, perhaps got in a settlement with how to manage those investments? You know, you don't have to feel like the... Um, the stock market is a, a, a spooky monster, right? That's like hiding under your bed. I think we can, we oftentimes like hype it up in our heads. You know, you don't have to be on your own. There's plenty of folks out there that do asset management and investment advising. There's a lot of folks out there who, um, you know, specialize in estate planning and can help make sure that maybe the attorney that's been helping you through, you know, a divorce, for example, can also help make sure that, you know, your kids are covered by the updated will the right way. And maybe they can help introduce you to someone. If you don't, you know, there's this saying, Olivia, tell me if you've heard this one before, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Have you ever heard that one before? <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. I feel like I've been using that more and more often. <laughs> I feel like I use it now with like, I've had, we were chatting about this offhand. Like I have a couple of rental properties that I have, or, yep. you know, I have like a, a plumber that needs to come by or, you know, a land survey or whatever. And it's, it's like, if I don't, perk up. And if I don't tell them what I need and where I need assistance and what I want to get done, um, it won't get done. You know, I have to be the squeaky wheel in order to get the oil. So I would say the same thing to, you know, your listeners out there is don't be afraid to be the squeaky wheel. Like know that, Hey, I could use some oil here. Like I need, I need some help in optimizing my finances. I can't be expected to do this the same way you wouldn't be expected to do your own root canal, you know, you go to a dentist, like you wouldn't be expected to do your own, you know, colonoscopy. I mean, let's be real here. We're go to experts all the time in so many other parts of our lives. Um, we shouldn't have any hesitation built up ideally, or if we do, we can overcome it around seeking out experts to help us out with our finances. That's such a good point, because even talking about your rental properties and lakefront properties offline, it's like you're not going to go in and be the electrician and try to solve those issues. You're going to hire the expert. And I don't know why, but I have seen this time and time again in my experience as well. And of people being so scared of not knowing the finances, you're not supposed to be an expert in everything in life. I am for sure not an expert in everything 
but you got to hire the right people. And I love the fiduciary word too. So I'm glad you actually put that point out there. That's such a huge one. Um, that's, you know, gone all over the, the media now, I think. Um, so hopefully it's more of a thing people know about, yes. but I'm glad you brought that up because that's huge. I think let's, let's shift the topic a little because I want to get your opinion on this is many believe that the rich have it easy. So they don't really have any financial issues. They don't have problems. I want to know your belief when it comes to money and wealth. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a loaded question, Olivia. I think there's all sorts of different you know directions I could kind of take in in, in answering that. Um, you know, what I can tell you is, you know, some of the wealthiest folks that I've met in my lifetime have been some of the kindest. You know, some of the most giving, um, some of the most philanthropic and you know um, helpful folks, uh, and kind-hearted with the greatest values. You know, so I think um, for any kind of folks who I think let's just say might have a limited circle of influence, you know, or maybe haven't been around folks who you know um are, are are making large amounts of money or or um you know have have let's just say limited access to perhaps folks who have all their ducks in a row as well as they'd like them to either in their immediate family you know i think we talk about that oftentimes with our with our clients right is what kind of childhood it was like for them growing up and how that could mm -hmm. play a big role for it right um and I, I don't think we should ignore that you know i talk about this all the time with my clients that money isn't just math Right, it's not just numbers and arithmetic. Um, when it comes to finances, there's there's emotion tied into it. You know, we can't ignore that component. And so, you know, when we think about the rich having it easy, no, I don't I don't think that that's a, a solid claim that can just be agreed upon flat out like that. Um, at the same time, you know, I think you know, when I was giving a lot of financial presentations, probably about a uh, eight years ago, maybe a decade or so ago. Um, in, in the inner city, we would start out with, you know, we would joke but with some of the youth, we would have that, that quote, uh, who's ever heard of Mo Money, Mo Problems, you know, and I would, I would quote that famous rap lyric by the Notorious B.I.G. And I'd literally ask the guy, I'd be like, how many of you guys have heard this before? And obviously, you know, everyone's hand, you know, shoots up to the ceiling, you know, they're smiling and laughing like, oh, yeah, of course, we know who that is, you know, we've heard of that. And then I go, okay, keep your hands up. Now, now, how many of you actually believe it? And you would you would be surprised mm. to see what kind of reactions were in the class. It was a really a mixed bag. You had people who they would put their hand down, like, nah, you know what I mean? Like, are you kidding me? If I had more money, I'd be good. You know, I could pay off this. I could, I could have a car. I could ride around looking like this, you know, et cetera. And then there were others who said, you know, th their hand would be even higher. They go, oh yeah, there's, there's definitely more problems that comes along with more money. Um, I, th I think the challenge in that lesson and what we always taught folks is that you don't want to limit yourself with preconceived notions. Um, if you're convinced that folks who are wealthy have a lot of problems, then guess what? You know, you're either not going to become wealthy because you don't want to have those problems that you invented in your head. Um, sorry, there's a fire truck flying by here. Podcasts <laughs> 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 on the fly. Woohoo! <laughs> you know, you're either going to avoid being wealthy because you want to avoid the problems. Uh, or if you do become wealthy, you're you're going to have problems in your life. You're you're creating a a, a path for yourself, a, a destiny uh, that you're manifesting for yourself. That I think instead, if you could say, what if we could have more money and less problems? You know, more money and different challenges. Maybe we can reframe our way of thinking about money, which is, let's be honest, oftentimes not a healthy topic in our lives, right? Not the healthiest usually for the average American, at least. Uh, and, and for many, it can feel taboo uh, talking about 
how much we have saved up in the bank, how much we owe on credit cards, um, what happened after a separation, um, what's going on with you know this insurance payout, right? All those sorts of things can feel burdensome. They can feel heavy. Um, and so rather than thinking, you know, the, the rich have, let's just say, you know, with, with different levels of socioeconomic classes come different types of challenges. Um, but I think under, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where we're talking about having food, having shelter, um, having safety, uh, I think that there's a certain amount of financial stability that that ensuring that for your family uh, for generations uh, is a powerful thing that shouldn't be ignored. It should be strived for. And I think we could talk about behavioral economics all day about how everything that's related to finance is emotional. So that's a whole nother conversation. Maybe we do a whole nother episode on because you hit it on the, the just, that's absolutely the truth. It's just, it's a whole different relationship with money. And so I think the last question I want to ask is really, do you ever have clients who are resistant to changing their financial future? And, and really, how do you get them to overcome their initial reactions? Is it all about the mindset like you just discussed and working with their emotions and finances? How do you do that? Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's a great question. I think that there's almost two, there's a fork in the road. There's two different routes that I would say um, there can be challenges. And, and one of them is on the mental and one the other is on the tactical. Um, I often think of the tactical side of things, meaning like how do we move the pieces on this financial chessboard to make your finances work more optimally? Uh, like when I had a call this week with a client who had six different credit cards charging her over 20% interest rate, and all of them had multiple thousands of dollars of balances that weren't getting paid off each month. She was just chipping away at the minimum or a little bit more. And we look at her 401k that's got 70 and we go, wow, a 401k loan could pay off all of these credit cards for you at three and a half percent. You know what I mean? Like that's a tactical, mm -hmm. a tactical move. Mm -hmm. However, so much of what maybe got her into credit card debt in the first place wasn't necessarily a tactical lack of knowledge, but it was it was a mental. There was some kind of emotional feeling there with spending beyond our means um, not having savings available in the event of an emergency and needing to rely on high interest credit to survive, right? Like those kind of situations occurring, just being able to identify the difference between the mental components and the tactical components. I would say that in my line of work, yeah, I come across folks that have challenges in both. Absolutely. Oftentimes folks don't know the tactical behind how to optimize their finances just because, I mean, I would say anyone who you sit down and play chess with is probably not a grandmaster, right? Uh, and, and, and so there's always room for improvement on the tactical. And we're trained, you and I, like we are trained as the designations that we have, the alphabet soup that we have after our last names on our business cards. You know what I mean? They come yeah. <laughs> they come with a fair amount of tactical training, right? On how to how to be able to move parts around to have them work more efficiently. The mental component, I think there where the challenge comes in, and tell me if you agree with this or not. As a client who's working with an advisor or a money coach, right? You you've got to want it for yourself more than the coach wants you to be successful, right? Meaning if the coach wants yes. you to succeed more than you want yourself to succeed, 
the relationship's not going to work out. Oh, the, gosh, so true. So true. It, and, and for my world of, it could be, gosh, absolutely. You, that's just, I think we have to almost, we have to do another one of these because <laughs> this is just so much fun. I love talking to you every time. Dimitri, you have so much to share with us. So anything that you want to leave us with? Because I think um, I'm going to put all of your information in the podcast notes. Anything you want to share with the listeners before we end this wonderful call yeah, we're, today? We're excited um, on the radar here. So first off, what I teach is how to be a money pro. So on YouTube, the money pro method is our YouTube channel. We got a lot of cool videos there. Um, for those who don't know, I did a very cool RV trip around the country in 2019, traveling 25 states in 25 weeks, uh, teaching all about this stuff all around the country. So check out our Instagram page at 90 Day Money Pro, also on Facebook as well. Again, that's 9090 Day Money Pro. I know, Olivia, you'll put the, the links and stuff down to, for yes. folks to connect. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm excited. We've got books coming out. We've got more and more kind of, we got an investment club that's getting in the works as well for folks who want to be able to join in it, um, learn more about debunking this, this myth and the monster of, of the stock market and understanding, hey, how, how do I invest the right way? How do I be more efficient? How do I avoid pitfalls that are common uh, that, that occur in folks who don't know better, right? How do I optimize my mm -hmm. finances so that they're working more efficiently? Um, and yeah, like we alluded to a little bit in this call, Real estate's a powerful thing. Like when you become a homeowner, whew, a lot of doors start opening up for you. So learn from folks in the industry. Always be willing to um, absorb more knowledge. Uh, and, and I'll close and I'll just say, y'all, the first million is the toughest to make. The second one becomes easier. The third one becomes easier after that. The first million is the toughest to make. That is great place to stop. I loved this conversation. Thanks so much, Dimitri, for being here today. Oh, thank you, Olivia. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Divorce for Wealthy Women. Visit me at summerhillwealth.com or any of the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, for more information.